Welcome to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon. 2019 will be the first full year of concerts on the upgraded amphitheater at the Fishers Municipal Complex. Some acts you know well they'll be back, and some new ones are on the schedule, and a few shows have yet to be announced. I talked with Bob McCutcheon and Marissa Deckert about this year's summer concert series in Fishers during the morning of Friday, March 15th. I'm at the headquarters for the Parks and Recreation Department for the City of Fishers. We're here to talk about summer concerts. They've, for the most part, been announced. There are still a few uh, announcements yet to be made. I'm with Bob McCutcheon. He's been on our podcasts before. He's the events coordinator for the Parks Department here in Fishers. And uh, Marissa Deckert's with us. She's fairly new with the position of Assistant Director for the Fishers Park and Recreation Department. It's great to have both of you here. Thanks, Larry. Thank you. We have plenty to talk about. So I'm going to ask Marissa to start because since you're fairly new at this job of being the Assistant Director, tell us something about yourself. Just talk about you. Sure. Uh, I am new to Fishers, new to this position. Uh, I'm originally from the West Coast. Born and raised in Southern California, and then I spent the last three years in Portland, Oregon, working uh, for the Rose Quarter uh, Sports and Entertainment District Mm. with the Trailblazers, Mm. Um, and then found my way to the Midwest, followed my daughter uh, out here, and um, so all of this whole experience is pretty new for me. So how long have you lived in Fisher now? Uh, Since September. Oh, so it's just a short amount of time. Very short amount of time. Well, Bob, you know, we're a growing community. You've been with us before, but there are probably people who have moved here who don't know about you. Talk about you a little bit. Uh, Just an old rock and roll legend here. Uh, you know, well, you summed it up pretty well, that, I think. Yeah, yeah, you know, 40 years of doing shows in Indianapolis, That's that kind of sums it up in a sentence. You go back to, what, the 60s, 70s and working uh, in some way with well, concerts Well, not in area. Indianapolis. Sunshine Promotions brought me here in 1980. Oh, okay. And uh, prior to that, I worked in Ohio. Uh, at I started in the concert business at Miami University. Uh, Miami of Ohio, not Miami of Florida, that other place. Oh. Uh, and then... Um, and then I uh, went to work uh, part-time for Belkin Productions out of Cleveland, Jam out of Chicago, and uh, Sunshine out of Indianapolis. I was basically the area rep. So if they were coming anywhere, Columbus, Dayton, Cincinnati, I would do the shows for them. Yeah, anybody who worked in media or music in the 80s, we all know who Sunshine Productions was. They, yep. were, they were the people who put all the concerts on. I was lucky enough to be part of the Ivory Tower, yep. <laughs> ivory Tower. That, that's <laughs> the Ivory Tower of rock and roll. Well, you know, in Broad Ripple, <laughs> we, were, we were in a three-story building in Broad Ripple. So, there, you, you know, Broad Ripple only had two-story buildings back then, so the fact we were in three-story made it an Ivory Tower. I guess in Indianapolis, that uh, Broad Ripple neighborhood, yeah, you were you were the Ivory we Tower. Were, we yeah. were it. Well, we're here to talk about summer concerts, and uh, Marissa, I'm going to ask you to start up, because although we've got great music we're going to talk about in a moment, there's a certain ambiance that comes when you go to these concerts. So uh, tell me what people are going to find as they come to the Tuesday, Friday night concerts and and the Wednesday afternoon concerts and a few others. Sure, yeah. I'm really excited uh, for the summer concerts, uh, the Nickel Plate 
amp um if you haven't been there it's just amazing and the sound system uh the feeling when you walk in with uh your family um all of our all of our concerts are really geared towards you know bringing the family or just kind of a mellow uh hangout feel we're working with um some local um a variety of local food vendors and they're going to be offering some family picnic packs so you can grab a picnic pack and bring some lawn chairs or blankets and put them out um and then just listen to some great music i'm trying to think uh, there was there were a lot of food trucks last few years i assume we'll see those as part of that package yeah yeah, so we uh, will have, on Tuesday nights, we will exclusively have uh, Mashcraft, uh, 5280, Bistro, and Kona Ice um, for our Tuesday night uh, concerts. And then on Friday nights, we're working with a variety of different vendors, so we'll mix it up a little bit more on Friday nights. Okay, great. You know, Bob, I remember it was, what, June or July of last year when the new amphitheater was finally finished. July. It was July, thank you. Mm-hmm. And what I remember is walking over to see you as uh, the stage was being, you know, set up for that first concert. And I looked at you and I thought, "There's a kid. You look just like a kid who opened his favorite present on Christmas morning." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It was, you know, because up to that point in time, uh, you know, when I sat in with the engineers and the and the architects, you know, it was a computer, and they said, "Well, what do you want? I want this. What do you want? I want that. What do you want? I want this." Okay, and then all I saw was a picture on a computer screen, and it was like you know when they f- when they first put the steel up after they had taken the roof off and everything. When they first put the steel up, and I went out and I looked at the steel, I went, "Holy cow, this is something!" And then the roof was even taller than the steel, so <laughs> it was it was all. You're right. I am I am very 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 proud of that place. Well- Having seen the old amphitheater, that was nice. It was okay. <laughs> then I saw the new amphitheater, and I thought, "Wow, you know, we've got some real sound systems." We have, here. we have a real yeah. amphitheater now. Yeah. So I understand if you really pushed it, you could probably hear it in downtown Indianapolis. I, I, I bet you on a right night, I could come, I could come close to at least Ninety Sixth Street on a regular basis if the wind was blowing in the right That's direction. Right. There, yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, Marissa, uh, I want to ask you about something because uh, I first had a chance to meet you at the Fisher's Arts uh, and Culture Commission, mm-hmm. which happened just a few days ago. Yeah. And you did, you did talk to those commission members about the fact that uh, although the, we had the announcement of, the, of what's going to happen and a few acts uh, have not been announced, but you actually uh, talked about something that's even beyond that. There's some Saturday concerts in the works. Tell us what you can about that. Sure, yeah. We are exploring uh, the option of adding at least three, a series of three uh, Saturday night concerts, which will look a little bit different than uh, the lineup on Tuesday and Friday. And we're exploring exactly what that looks like, exactly what people want to see that's different from what we have. Um, But a little bit, uh, maybe focusing a little bit more on a younger demographic, 25 to 35, um, and more of an alternative um, genre. Now, I'm more of Bob's generation when it comes to music, but uh, I have two daughters who are in their mid-20s. Yeah. So I keep hearing about electronic music yeah. what is that yeah i mean that would, would it be something along those lines yes we are yeah. we are looking at a few bands that are um electronic music um very big uh right now with that with that age demographic my uh younger brothers and sisters are um into that my brother actually does electronic mm. music not here in fishers mm. but um yeah definitely that would be more along the lines of what we're looking at at least for one of them and we're we're not we're open to you know the the trio looking very different too so 
you know, the same focus, age, demographics, but the music could be a little bit different between the three. And these would be free concerts? These would be free. Okay. Yeah. Well, Bob, uh, you've been doing this for a while. Yeah, <laughs> you, six years. This so started my seventh season. Seventh season. Is, is this still a part-time job, or they ever yeah, made you full-time? I'm permanent full-time? part-time. You're permanent part-time. That's, so my, you're only... that's my classification. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you do it at a part-time basis, but somehow you, you find a way to do this. So when you look out and you try to you know book these acts, look at what's available, tell me what how you go about making some of those decisions. Who comes to you? Who do you go to? How do you kind of make these decisions? Well, what we're really fortunate with now, in the first three or four years, it was like seeking everybody out and hoping they would at least return my phone call. But now, especially after completion of the renovations last year, I've got every day I come in, there's three or four acts that want to play the amphitheater. So now I'm telling everybody no. Um, you know, Blues Fest, for example, I'm getting people from all over the country wanting to play Blues Fest now. Really? Yep. And and I mean, that's as far east as Boston, as far west as Los Angeles. Mm. They hear that this is the place to play if you want to, you know, want to do a Blues Fest. So, um, you know, the the a lot of it is, um, you know, I, I've kind of got a standard in my mind that I want an act that's at least this good, if not better, because I really feel that I've kind of set the bar up high for the people that come to the amphitheater. They know they're going to see something good. They know they're going to see something better than necessarily going to a local bar and seeing an act perform that night. Um, if you look at our schedule this year, um, for example, the Wombly's Rock Orchestra. Okay, they might play at the Ratskeller, but I am the only gig that has horns. So when they play for me, it is a complete orchestra. Mm-hmm. Horns, strings, you name it, it's it. Last year we did that for the first time. And you talk about a kid looking like he was in a candy store. Phil Purley is the front person for that band. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he came to me like halfway through a song. He said, man, I'm levitating. I'm <laughs> levitating, man. It was, it was because it was like the energy on stage was yeah. just, uh, you know, so great. And, and that's the thing that we want. And like no matter which one of the shows we talk about this year, they're those kind of energized. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that we have changed up on Tuesday is – we're going to try to give some people a chance to play on the amp stage that might not have normally played. For example, with Yellow Rickshaw this year uh, opening the show, we're going to use a local high school band called Shiver and Shake to open the show that night. And so they'll come on at 7 o'clock. They'll play 7 to 7.40. And then uh, Yellow Rickshaw will come on at 8, and they'll play till 9.30. So th- whenever you see there's two bands at night, the show will go a little later. It'll go to 9.30. Um, the other two we're doing that with is uh, the Karma Band. Um, and that night, Fisher's Music Works Mud Sock Combo, which is a 10-piece kind of big band kind of thing. Um, they'll be opening the show that night. And then when we're doing the Pirates of the Caribbean, that night we've got um, a reggae kind of band called the Islanders that are going to be doing music like from the islands. So they'll open up that night. Um, So that's something that we've never tried before, kind of like – give people two flavors for the price of one and and first of all give a chance 
to someone to be able to play in front of four or five thousand people, and they normally would have played in front of four or five hundred. Mm-hmm. And so um, these are, you know, with uh, Sarah Sanquist being our new director, and Marissa, mm-hmm. these are these are the fresh new ideas that are coming in. Um, you know, fresh set of eyes change things. You know, Tony and I, we were kind of set in our ways, kind of old school. Mm-hmm. But now we got new people, new ideas, and and that's why we're making moves. Now, one thing that's not on the list for the shows that you're seeing is we have reached out to uh, Fisher's High School. Uh, their band department will be doing a concert. Their spring concert will be done at the Amphitheater on the 17th of May, and that night we will have over 300. Fisher's High School musicians that will be playing on our amphitheater stage for their parents. If for some reason it gets rained out, it will be moved automatically to the auditorium. They'll know that day. Uh, At this point, I want to plug how you're going to know what's happening at the amphitheater. Go to mpdamp.com. We have a website. Okay, yes. let's let's make sure because people get M's and N's mixed up. N N as in nickel plate. Uh P as in plate. (laughs) <laughs> and D as and D as a district. Okay. MPDAMP, like an amphitheater, dot com. All right. And if you go to that, all of our shows are listed. Um, the majority of the major acts have sent me video links. Uh, Carol Hall has been very gracious in, in inputting all those video links. So you want to see what Dark Desert Eagles look like? Boom, pop on the link. You want to see what Mike and Joe look like? Pop on the link. That's an exciting addition. When I came in, uh, Bob said, we just, Marissa, we really need a website Mm -hmm. for the AMP. And I said, all right, I'll see what I can do. And it had nothing to do with me, to be honest. (laughs) It was all our wonderful PR department and marketing, but... Uh, within a couple weeks, we they had delivered that it was something they had been working on for a really long time. So, now, Marissa, you mentioned something at that meeting, uh, Arts and and uh, Culture Commission. Yeah, and what you mentioned, I think it was from a question of one of the commission members about how do you make a determination whether you? I mean, there are some acts that kind of go from amphitheater to amphitheater in the area. They're good acts. Yeah, but you could probably find them three or four or five different places. There are other acts that may not make that circuit. Sure. and you talked about how you try to balance that out. Uh, tell us a little more. Yeah, we definitely try to balance that out. We, do, we want things that are uniquely Fishers, too. So we want to be able to highlight, like uh, Bob was saying, with Shiver and Shakes, and um, some of those local bands that wouldn't get um, the exposure. Um, but then also having our national concerts, which are a really big hit, and we have uh, those lined up, haven't been announced quite yet, but pretty soon. Well, let's just talk about that for a minute okay. because there are some concerts you can't talk about. Yes. The possible Saturday concerts are, you don't know what may happen with that. Sure. You do not know what the WTTS concert, which is the $9.23 concert, is that right? We yes. know who it is. We just can't tell you. We just you. can't tell you. You didn't have to say that, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, be de- to be announced soon. But yeah. you, okay. So you have the contract, but you're mm-hmm. not uh, at liberty to speak yet. I understand how that works. And uh, of course, Blues Fest... Mm-hmm. Um, looking forward, my wife and I love Blues Fest. Robert Cray just brought the house down last year, as I mentioned. It was a great, and all the other acts were good too, by the way. Uh, but uh, there's, um, um, am I forgetting anything? Spark. Spark. Spark Fishers. How could I forget that? Yeah. And uh, last year it had to be done at Saxony because, again, Amphitheater wasn't ready. Right. This year it will be at the Amphitheater. And there will be, I can tell you, there will be two 
national acts on the bill oh, this year, not okay. one. Excellent. Well, yep. we'll look forward to that. I'm, I'm just letting you know there's some things you can't tell us yet, yep. and that's part of the entertainment business. Uh, yep. Timing is everything when you're dealing with these acts, and you don't want to get ahead of yourself because that can, that can blow the whole deal. Yeah. Well, Bob, I want to just talk about some of the, the acts coming up this year because you've got some new acts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just want to ask you, why is my yellow rickshaw always seems to open? Why is that? Well, they, they kind of became our good luck charm. Ah. Uh, I think it was like year three uh, when when we brought him in the first time. I mean, up to that point in time, we had, you know, we always had to kind of build to Dave and, you know, Dave and Ray. And, uh, you know, so by the time we got to Dave and Ray, we were doing 6,000 people. So the first show might have done 2,500, maybe 3,000 if we were lucky. Um, the first night we did Yellow Rickshaw, we did like 4,500 people. And Tony looked at me and he goes, from now on, they're going to open the season. Okay, that's fine. And you uh, had a good. It rained last year, and it's, yeah. you, the crowd pretty much stayed there. They, yeah. they stayed yeah. through the. Yeah, and, the and bless their hearts, they actually helped us tear everything down, Did including really? the speakers and everything. And that's a big uh, job. They, yeah. yeah, and well, it was like everybody was getting drenched. They were already wet, and uh, you know Nathan and those guys are just—they're just tremendous people. And uh, just for people who don't know what I'm talking about, before the amphitheater was ready last year. The stage had to be built on the green right in front of City Hall between right. the City Hall 116th Street, and that's where the concerts were held. Right. So you had to put the stage up and you had to tear it down. Right. So that's a big job. We went we went in every day at 11 o'clock, and it had to be out of there a little after midnight. That mm-hmm. was the rule. Mm-hmm. And, so. um, and then when we went to Spark, um, they basically found this vacant lot for me, and they said, Make it happen. So <laughs> we spent a lot of money building stages and, and having the 100-degree heat wasn't much, but we still did 4,000 people now, I for Sugar Ray last year. People who were there said it was a great show. Yeah. yeah. Now, one of the other things you were, you were asking about, mm-hmm. um, you know, when we're booking the acts, um, one of the things I do on the Tuesday night show is I have the two-week rule. Two weeks before and two weeks after, you can't play Carmel, Noblesville, or any place north of 82nd Street. Because if you do, then you're not playing for me anymore. The reason being is it poisons the pond. I don't want someone saying that I can see them tonight or I can see them Thursday night in Noblesville. Mm -hmm. Um, So the deal is if you're going to play, you're not going to see them two weeks before up here, and you're not going to see them for two weeks after. So for a month, we've kind of got a little bit of a protected protected type. On the bigger acts, it's 90 days and, and 90 miles. But for the littler acts, I make it two weeks and 82nd Street. Okay, so it kind of deals with that issue that we were talking mm-hmm. about uh, with the with the certain acts who are very good, but they do the circuit uh, right. in the area. Just want to uh, briefly, Bob, talk about some of these bands there. They're coming back. I'm just looking at Tuesday night, uh, the Endless Summer Band and the Dew. They've been here before. Yep. Um, you know, the Dew. Uh, we first introduced them to the market uh, year before last. Hopefully they would last year they got rained out both nights. Oh no. So hopefully the, the rain is the rain is on our side this year and stays away from us. Now the Dew is also a group you've had before. Yes. And Karma, that's is that a new Karma one? Karma band, um, they played for us in a different um, genre three years ago when they were um, the big eighties band when mm-hmm. they played all eighties music. This is their um, this is their regular rock and roll show that they would play in a bar. And I would put a plug in for the uh, Mud Sock Jazz Combo. I've seen them play. They are very good. They are. Singing. They played for us at Christmas too, and they they knocked it out of the park. They're they're all top notch musicians, and uh, Fisher's Music Works is becoming a real ally with us at the Parks Department. And the Bishops. 
The bishops, uh, again, what makes that this show different than everyone else is I pay for the horns. So if what do you, you mean you pay for the horns? Okay, <laughs> um, musicians want to get paid if they play. Yeah, and and so if I bought the bishops band for X amount of dollars, that's the band you would see at the Britain Tavern. That you would see Ale Emporium. You mm-hmm. see the others. Well, they also have charts for all their songs for three horn players. I see. So if I want the horns, I got to pay X plus what these three players cost. So I want my show to be different than everybody else's. Oh, so, so I pay okay. the plus three. And so when you see the bishops with me, you'll see bishops plus horns. Oh, okay. So that Didn't makes it that. different than seeing them somewhere else. <laughs> Again, trying to trying to make right. something unique to Fishers, like same way, like I said, with the Wembley's Rock Orchestra, the fact that I have horns and strings, not just strings. And uh, I think we know what Parents of the Caribbean are all about. Yep. they Last year was the first time, bless their hearts, they could ever actually bring out all of their toys. They had like big pine, tr- they had big uh, palm trees that, uh, inflatables that attached to the to the beams. I mean, they I never realized how much jizz they had that came out of the truck, but that was the first year they could get it all out because they finally had a place to put it all up at. Well, we all know Dave and Ray on oh. July 16th. Don't, that, that no more needs to be said. No more needs them. to be said. And you have a couple of ma- rain makeup dates on July 23rd and 30th. Right. Now, what we will do, uh, and well, what we have done in the past, I haven't gotten the word that we will do in the future, but in the past, if we had not, if we were lucky enough not to have any rain outs, we still would schedule a band like a week out okay. to still play that Tuesday night. So the summer series still finished at the end of July. Um we just, you know, we wouldn't be able to tell you who it was until the last minute. I'm going to go over the Friday night concerts with Bob in a minute. Before I do that, I want to ask Marissa something. Because I do recall when uh, the amphitheater was expanded, uh, not only will it allow for, as, as Bob has said, bands with more pieces in them, there's more room and, uh, to maneuver, but there was talk of maybe there could be some additional types of productions, maybe a stage production, maybe a musical uh, perhaps, I mean, you know, something like Shakespeare in the Park and yeah. Noblesville, something along those lines. Yeah. Do you think uh, someday we'll see that here? Uh, what, what are your views on that? I do. I think that, you know, we're really excited with um, kind of toying with the idea of these Saturday night concerts and, and looking at, um, you know, what's what are people looking for? What do people want to come out and see? And, um, yeah, I can see it looking very differently. One of the really popular things at our Winter Wonderland event was um, – we had dance groups come on in between uh, the musical groups. And that's what we got, I think, the most positive feedback on was the dance groups there. Um, And so, yeah, looking at we've been approached by um, uh, people wanting to do a book tour or things of that nature. And we're really excited to see what the coming year brings. Okay, We're open. So, so you're open and looking at all the uh, proposals yes. at this point. Yeah. Now, remember, Larry, we have done plays in the past. Uh, yes, and you know, it was amazing that you were able to do it with that smaller stage. And then two years ago was when we did Midsummer Night Dream with yes. Fisher's Theatrical Department, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it was it was very well done, too. Uh, the, one, the one Friday night show that fits that barom- barometer this year is Such a Night, where it will be the recreation of the movie The Last Waltz. That's July 26th. Yes. And uh, for people who don't know, explain The Last Waltz. The Last Waltz was kind of like the finale concert for the band. Uh, The band was originally the group that backed up Bob Dylan, but then they went out on their own. It was Robbie Robertson and quite a few other people from New England. Anyway, they were getting ready to stop touring and stop playing, and they wanted to have this ultimate party. 
So they had everybody from Dr. John to Muddy Waters to Joni Mitchell and all points in between. And Martin Scorsese, I believe that's who it was. That's who it was. Yeah. Um, filmed the whole thing. That is, a, and you've got to see that. That is a terrific film. Well, yeah. if you if you watch the film, come watch the show because there'll be twenty sets of entertainers portraying all of those people that were in that movie. So that's something to, to that look is like to. A, yes. that's like a musical play. Now, will we be run? The one problem we will still have is we will not be able to fly sets in and out at the amphitheater. We can put a backdrop up now. Mm-hmm. That is one of the big pluses we have that we never had before. We now can hang a backdrop, but we won't be able to like run a scene in and out. So it'll still have to be a little static. But in this instance, it will be just like a musical on in the movies. So even with that, the music alone is enough to, to yep. bring people there. Well, let's talk about Friday night. You brought it up already. The first one is on June 7th, and uh, that's the journey. What? And this, you don't like this name, but it says it right here, the Journey Tribute Band. Yeah, they, you know me, I always say music of, but they list themselves as a tribute band, and so that's what we're calling them. They're out of Cleveland, Ohio, and that night will be our B105 80s at the Amp Night, so we're partnering that night with B105. And uh, B helped me pick this band out. It will be all Journey music, um, you know, and uh, they're looking very forward to that. Well, June 14th is the Petty Breakers. I think we know who they are. Last year, we brought them out on a Tuesday night for the first time, and they kind of knocked it out of the park. So um, we, again, we looked at them and we said, well, this really isn't a Tuesday kind of show. This is more of a Friday night kind of show. So that's why we're bringing them back on Friday night. But since Tom's gone, this is the next best thing. This is better than... There was a show last year that played at another venue. This show is better than the show that played at the other venue last year. Oh, I will leave it at that. uh, June 21st is Mike and Joe. Mike and Joe, again, um, we tried them on a Tuesday. They belong on a Friday, so it's Mike and Joe in concert. Uh, If you're a Bloomington IU student, you know who Mike and Joe was, and it's just a party night from start to finish. It's a nonstop party. And June 28th is going to be the... uh uh, the the uh, Spark Fisher show to be de- uh, announced later. July fifth is the Sounds of Summer, and and it's interesting. It's it's a Beach Boys band which has actually been endorsed by the Beach Boys. Yes, they um, they won a competition a few years ago when they were looking for the best. At that point, it was called tribute bands. Uh, they were one of the first ones selected, and the Beach Boys actually. If they're within a 100-mile radius of playing, they will actually bring these guys up on stage to do the encore with them. Is that so? The last couple times they played at Connor Prairie, they brought them up for the encore. Uh, when they played at the Lawn a couple years ago, they brought them up to do. Uh, these guys, the thing that they bring to the table is they're all in their late 20s. So they got all that energy and enthusiasm um, as well as they nail the music. What's funny, that show the last two years has been rained out. Oh, <laughs> and and there there are, there is this one little girl that's um, that has a disability in a wheelchair, and it is her favorite show. And her mom told me how she cried last oh. year when it got rained out. So for her, we're bringing it back one more time, and we're doing wow. the uh, anti rain dance for that. The, the big yeah. anti rain dance. <laughs> uh, Jenny Devoe is on July twelfth. She's uh, she's always terrific. She's become a staple. Yeah. She was one of the first big names that I tried to get to pay attention to me years ago. She gave me a. She gave me the benefit of the doubt, and I've stayed loyal to her. And, yeah, she always wows the crowd. On July 19th is the Dark Desert Eagles. That was with Pat Badger, who used to be the front man for Extreme. If you uh, know their old hits, he was the lead singer. 
Uh, they came in last year. We did like almost 4,000 people the first time through. Uh, they basically recreate the last Eagles concert that was done at Dodger Stadium with Randy Meisner. That was the night when Meisner came off stage. Uh, he and um, Henley got into a, not he and Henley, but uh, he and Fry got into a fight. Uh, he punched Fry and quit. And that was the night that Don Henley made the comment, hell would freeze over before they ever played again. Three years later, it was hell freeze over tour. I was going to say, in rock and roll, these things don't uh, ever tend to be... <laughs> Do- dollars and cents seem to speak, you yeah. know? Do- oh, dollars and cents always. Yeah, especially when Irving Azoff is in control. Yeah, there's so many Eagles fans that I know. Oh, you know, they and, still love the Eagles. And these guys actually, they do the makeup, the costumes, the oh, whole really? bit. Okay. And they really, they really did it. They really did a great job. That's why I couldn't wait to bring them back. Okay, July twenty sixth is the last waltz. We've talked about that. Yep. August second is, is it pronounced the Womblies or the Woomblies? Either way is fine okay. with me. And what to talk about? Though? Well, that's the one where it's the Womblies Rock Orchestra. And like we said, the thing that will make this different than if you saw them play down at the Ratskeller is the fact that there will be horns in addition to the strings. So when you're listening to the Motown songs, things like that, Moody Blues, you're going to have the whole orchestration behind you. Oh, not... That means, makes so much difference oh, to have that horn section there. It, Eddie, it, you know, when, you, when you're used to listening to somebody recreated on a keyboard versus something live, it's night and day. I always thought that really kind of separated Motown when it was becoming popular. The orchestration that they right. used mm-hmm. set them apart from a lot of the other rhythm and blues acts. And, and, and the fact that it was all done live. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was all done yeah. live. You know? How did they do yeah. that? I don't know, but I would have loved to see seen how many takes <laughs> it took. Choreography. Oh, yeah. You have to be, most people don't know that when you're doing a song, you, you, you usually, well, in the old days, we spliced tape. Right. And you, just, you had to edit the thing over and over again. Get out the razor blade. And yeah, and I use those razor blades in the old days myself but uh that uh the idea you want from beginning to end until you got it right that yep. that that's that is an, a foreign concept for a lot of people right yeah. uh august 9th is the wtts concert just right. it is nine dollars and 23 Three cents again yes, not sir. exactly going to break the bank if you want to go but it does no. allow you to kind of up the ante last the year the manchester yeah. orchestra show and the uh Houndmouth show were huge successes that's why we couldn't wait to bring it back this year and August 16th, Signs of Life, the American Pink Floyd. And yep. this is while Phil uh, Pearlie is going to be there as well. Phil Pearlie will open the show at 8 o'clock because these guys have uh, 12 video projectors. So it, there's going to be a light show that goes with the – and we didn't want to start – Different projectors? Yeah. Oh so gosh. they they will have a white scrim that will go across their whole back truss, uh-huh. and there will be projections – on, so it'll be just like watching Pink Floyd. Do that you do night. it from behind or we're from doing the front? it in fr- the, oh. from what I understand? It's front side front projection up to the screen. So we've my tech guys have already been in contact with their tech guys. Well, that's that's worth seeing alone. And yeah. the reason why Phil's opening the show at eight is we wanted to make sure it was dark when they came on stage so you would see this. We didn't want it to grow into it. Daylight so, savings time, right? Yep. <laughs> so with Phil going on at 8 o'clock, that will sure. put them on at 9, right. and the show will still be over at 11. And the Travel in Macquarie's, and again, a local band special guest, the Fisher's Music Works, Fisher's Switch Vibe. Now, that night, mm. that, that show is called Blues and Bluegrass. Mm. Okay, so the blues is a switcher, the Fisher's Switch Vibe. Say that five times fast. Um, <laughs> but you made it. Yeah. yeah they, <laughs> they will open the show that night. And then the Travel and McCory's were the uh, Bluegrass Album of the Year 
on the Grammys this year. Uh, and uh, now Dell will not be with them. This is his sons and all the other musicians that back up Dell. So if you want to see Dell McCoy, he will not be there that night, but the rest of his family will be there. So it's blues and bluegrass that, that night. That is an interesting combination. I may be one of the few people that would really love to see both, but I hope there are more. I hope well, there are many. <laughs> you know, we're, we're trying new things, and this is one of the new things we tried. And, of course, August 30th and 31st, will be the Blues Fest. I want to bring yeah. Barissa in here because when you – Look at this whole lineup. And I'm not going to talk about the uh, Wednesday afternoon. We don't have time. Yeah. But I will say we'll, there'll be a, uh, a rotation between adult and children's uh, acts out there uh, for the uh, noontime concert. But, Marissa, tell me, when you look at this whole package, what do you think? I'm excited. I, you know, I come from a, an entertainment background as well. And uh, I think that's why Bob and I mesh so well. Um but uh, your desks are right next to each yeah, other. Yeah, we're roommates. <laughs> in the dark. <laughs> yes, I noticed that, but they have a nocturnal tendency. That, uh, I, I can't see in there. Well, go ahead. I'm, uh, I'm really excited. Uh, the Blues Fest, I'm, I'm ultra excited for. Missed it last year, um, just coming into town, uh, I think right after um, last year. So that's one of the things I'm really, really anxious to uh, be able to announce um, some of the bands that are playing. I'm partial to one, I might say. Uh, my husband does play bass in, one, in a blues band. Oh. Uh, they are on the bill. And they oh, are on the bill. I'm looking forward to And that. they are amazing. Um, but, uh, yeah, just the lineup that we have is amazing and the opportunity to, uh, for me to experience some of these things live, I'm excited for. I want to ask you something else, Marissa, because uh, I was at a speech the mayor gave recently at the YMCA uh, for a fundraising uh, breakfast, and he talked extensively about the concert series. In fact, he talked about the Tuesday night concerts. And what he said is this. We're somewhere in the area of five or 6,000 people a night. That's mm -hmm. on the average for a Tuesday night concert. Yeah. Yet, even though there's plenty of security there, they've never had to do anything. They've had yeah. no incidents. Yeah. With, and you, you could bring any kind of beverage you want. Right. And you still have no incidents. And right. his point was that says something about Fishers, doesn't it? True. Well, it absolutely does. The other thing that goes along with that is trash. We do four or 5,000 people for Tuesday night. And there's no trash. People put their wow. own trash away. People put their own trash away. Okay. They take it with them. Now, our friends at the um, um, JCs, um, and I hope that I said that right, um, the guys that park. It's, it's a service club in town. Yeah, they're that. the guys that park our cars. Yeah. They do, they do go out and they empty the garbage cans for us during the show. Um, so, you know, you got a place to put it. But when you when you look out there and you, you know, when we do a show and there's a lot of people here from Fishers that are not from Fishers and you look at how much trash is out there, it looks like Wolf's Woodstock. <laughs> but then if we do a show and it's Fishers residents, the place is like 95 percent clean when they yeah. leave. They take pride in what we have. And yeah. that that is I noticed that the first couple of years out and it was just like astounding to me. I mean, I don't we don't have to clean up a mess. That is, it's almost impossible. If people organize events, and you've been around, both of you have been around organizing events, that's almost unheard of. Absolutely. Yep. Well, I'm going to, we're about, time goes quickly, so I'm going to ask each of you to give you a chance to just make a final set of comments. Uh, the concert series starts uh, just a few weeks, really. It, it's, uh, it seems like it's going to be a while, but yet June comes more quickly than you may think. Right after the Indianapolis 500, you know, Fishers goes right into the uh, concert series. <laughs> 
Excuse me. So, Marissa, anything you'd like to add before we go? Nothing. I just think that we're really excited uh, with this lineup and uh, some of the new additions that we're looking at, too, and being able to kind of create those extraordinary moments for families here in Fishers. Um, And with the addition kind of the picnic packs and uh, those things with our local food vendors, we are excited. And also, don't forget, N. PDAMP.com. Maple Plate <laughs> District NPDAMP. Yes. Okay, and that's, uh, and yeah, you get a chance to see a little uh, video sample of each of the acts, so you can get a feel for it as well. Yeah. Bob, anything you want to add before we go? I just want to say uh, thanks, Fishers, for six years, and I'm looking forward to my lucky seventh season. You know, you guys gave me an opportunity six years ago, and hopefully you haven't been disappointed. Uh, when you built the new amphitheater, that I kind of took that, that you weren't disappointed. And uh, I just want you to know how proud I am to uh, do what I do where I do it. Thanks. A little, a little bit of an aside, I was covering the town council at the time that this position was discussed that you now have. And one of the big discussions amongst the town council members is, how are we going to find somebody to do that? Guess what? Fisher's found somebody to do that. That was Pete Peterson that was on the town council. <laughs> that was Yes, Pete was one of them. He wasn't Pete, the only Pete, one. Pete came to me and he said, uh, we're building an amphitheater. Uh, we need somebody that can run it. You'd be perfect. And I said, I'll get you the interview, but I can't give you the job. I said, okay. And then I'll never forget the first day I met Scott when I came out to their grand Scott opening. Scott Fadness, the mayor. Scott, yeah. yeah, Mayor Fadness. I, I met him. And he wasn't mayor back then. Anyway. Um, he was town manager. He I was believe, town yeah. manager. I went out their grand opening, and I looked at the stage, and I said, Pete, where's the amphitheater? <laughs> <laughs> he said... He said, it's right there. I said, Pete, that's a stage that could do a lot of people. But we got an amphitheater now, and I'm so, so proud of it. And the rest is history. The rest is history. I want to thank uh, Bob McCutcheon and Marissa Deckard for joining me today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Larry. My thanks to Bob McCutcheon and Marissa Deckard for filling us in on this year's summer concert series, right here in Fishers. This is the Larry in Fishers podcast. My name is Larry Lannon. I write the LarryInFishers.com local news blog from Fishers, Indiana, a suburban community northeast of Indianapolis. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again. <laughs>